Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out, a bad seat, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. So, fight night, Vegas, post-fight, rocking it with Carver High. And we all know what happened at the Grand Garden Arena in Sin City, the Mecca, the Hub. Tyson Fury, the TKO, the... Wilder corner threw in the towel, and you don't know if it was inexplicably. You don't know if he had been concussed. No one wants to talk about it. They're talking about a cut in his ear and possible equilibrium problems. But in Portuguese, Carver High, what all that means in another language is he got his ass whooped. Yeah, he definitely did. You know, it was shocking. It really was. We were here for a couple days, and the build up to the fight, what happened really wasn't one of the outcomes that people thought it was going to go down. I got schooled. I mean, nobody really thought it was going to go like this. And I listened to the one trainer they had on the press conference after the fight say that he didn't want the towel thrown and that the other guy did. You know, he's pointing fingers. This guy threw the towel. Shut up. Okay. If you're supposed to be the guy, then you should be the guy making the call. I mean, that's just the end, end of the story right so there. So Wilder, he I'm said just... he wanted to die on his shield. Right. And he said that he was really disappointed in him. And what that means is he's going to fire somebody. Well, that guy's going to get fired. The guy who threw the towel is going to get fired. He's Wilder done. will fire him. Or, yeah. or the head trainer that was sitting up there at the press conference, he'll fire how him. How pathetic the other... was it when they showed the family just sitting there for how like many an time, hour? How many times can you show it? They're all sitting I around mean, guys, there moping. I mean, the guys, do we have to look like the kids sitting there? And all? <laughs> I mean, honestly, can we? Was that not depressing? Uh, depressing. Show it once. They're, it was they're, weak. they're on it the whole time. Like, well, I mean, just, what are you doing? I mean, God. In the third round, we're sitting there, and he rocks him over the back of the head yeah. with a shot to the back of the head. And I said to you walking out of the Grand Garden Arena, when we were out in the back of the lot in the back of the hotel, I don't know where we were. I felt like I was going to yeah, get they, shot. They let us out of a. <laughs> it was a bad situation. <laughs> yeah, but, bad but spot. I said to you that I thought that that shot concussed him. Yeah. That he was never the same. And I'm not talking about a normal knockdown. He never had any kind of stability. His legs were done. His He was loosey-goosey. And I mean to tell you, what did he fall down three or four times? He yeah. got knocked down again in the fifth. Like, it seemed like he hit the ground three, four, or five times, but they only counted it as two knockdowns. Right. One in the third and, and the, the one others in the were slips. The other two, the ref waved as a sure no knockdown. Have. 
One of them I, I agreed with. One of them maybe he shouldn't have. But either but way, we both knew he wasn't going to make it through was, that fight. He was done. We looked at each other in the third round, and you could just tell it was happening. What and in God's was, name was that about with his cardio? That guy looked like he was gassed in the fourth round. He was done. We knew it was only a matter of time. But the conditioning, do you think he fought too soon and had too many fights in a row in a short span? Because that guy had nothing against that 300-pound monster. That guy was pushing him around like a rag doll. Yeah, you know, he just fought the weekend before Thanksgiving in November. Against Ortiz. Uh, against Ortiz, who he cleaned out. Maybe it was too soon for him to fight again. We ran into a couple people in the casino who said that we blamed elevation. When have you uh, heard anyone ever I say know. that we're at a high elevation in Las Vegas? I, 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 That's it's, not even it's, true. It's never here. Not but Charleston's high elevation. Here's what it, I don't want to say this. You know, I think that the one way you have to go is that shot definitely did something to him. That shot with the back of the head did something to him. And I don't think Fury did it intentionally. It wasn't a legal hit. I mean, he hit him in the back of the head. But it wasn't intentional either. He was swinging at him, and he just happened to they catch just him. just happened there. to nail him there. But I don't think it was uh, meant to be dirty. No, no, it was not meant he to be dirty. He was just throwing hands. He was throwing hands, and Wilder was right. going down, and that's right. what happened. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the cardio, do you think that he... I can't say not take it as seriously. I mean, he drew the guy last time. He knocked Maybe him down a couple times. Maybe he thought that he actually thought in the back of his head that he knew that he had knocked him down in the ninth and 12th like a tree. When he knocked him down in the 12th in the first fight in L.A., he dropped like a tree. And on the way down, he got him with the left cross after the right had knocked him out. And then on the way down, boom, the cross hit him. And he thought, this is going to be the same thing, except this time he's not getting up. I guarantee you that guy thought, I've already knocked him down twice. And I can knock him down whenever I want. And this time I'm going to knock him down. He's not going to get up. He didn't think that this guy would come in at 300 pounds. That's what he was. Yeah. 273 when he weighed in. I guarantee he was 293, 295, yeah. almost 300 pounds on fight night. He was fat, but I got to tell you, he pulled his shorts up over his blubber. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. He's the WBC Listen, champ now. He owns the world. He's he, the king. And I mean to tell you, that guy's going to dictate everything from here on out. They're not fighting in Vegas anymore, LA anymore. You said it best to me coming up to the casino. You said he's fighting in Manchester well, and London. That's what I would do if I was him because now they've talked about it a lot on the broadcast, each fighter had an automatic 30 days to kick in a rematch clause. So Wilder's got 30 days now. Finkel already said he's going to fight him. Right. You know, you saw Finkel. I have life insurance for 30 years. Yeah, and I don't want to use it. You right. know, I don't want to see the fight. Yeah. You know, the way that this fight went, it's going to be a harder sell. But if I'm Tyson Fury, you know, I drew the guy in L.A. I beat his ass in Las Vegas. You're going to fight me again? I'm the champ of the world now? You know, you come to my backyard now. That's how I would, you know, that's, if I was him. But if you've seen Fury, I mean, this guy's a showman. How about the grand entrance being carried in on the throne As a and king. singing American Pie in the ring after the fight? I mean, he likes a show, so... He said he, that Jesus, he as like, well, was on his side. Because I thought God bet on him in the first fight in L.A. This time he's telling me Jesus was the difference and that Jesus apparently doesn't love Wilder that's, at all. That's kind of what he made it sound he like. He does not love him but, at all. But you can also tell the man, he's got a home here in Vegas. He loves Vegas. He likes fighting in Vegas. So... Maybe he will fight him again. Yeah, in he loves yeah, England. Yeah. That's well. where he loves. Okay, and let's go back to some of the situational pieces tonight. A, 
the guy and the chick that wouldn't leave yeah, the seats that, was, that, was painful. that were filming the entrances and would not get out of our friend's seats. Yeah, that and was then right. when our friends came back with their drinks and food, they refused to leave the seats. Yeah. They were not their seats. No, get the Pharrell out of the seats. They're not your seats. And then he argued with the chick and told her what she could do. Yeah. And then he told the, our friend what she could do. He was, yeah. he was from London. And he said, you need to shut the Pharrell up. And then the cop came. This happens at every fight, he but, said. But the cop came, and the old man cop was afraid of him, yeah, too, and didn't do anything him. to him. He told him to go mind his own business. Yeah. He said, I'm not going anywhere, you old fart. And the guy's like, I will have you arrested. And the guy's like, go ahead. Yeah. Listen, you're what at a these, D. You're what at a these, D-bag. You go to these fights. What a D-bag. And you encounter some people that don't care, or they've been drinking for 12 hours, or they've been doing whatever, and... That guy was getting his video of Tyson Fury going to the ring. Come hell or high water. Hell or high water. He wasn't moving. And that's just unfortunately. You got to admit, they own the crowd, too. I mean, the loud they booze. They booed the anthem. When, when Wilder was introduced, the booze and then the cheers for Fury. This is before the fight even started. They owned it. I mean, they had the loud chance during they, the fight. Listen, they had in the casino after the fight. All of the unchallenged mentally well, drunks, well. unchallenged mentally. So they only know one thing. They're going to scream in oh, your face. It's... They're running up and down, screaming in people's faces yes. and taunting people right. when they're inebriated. So there's there's going to be a lot of fights. In there that are casino. going to be fights down there tonight. And, and, and Carver and, High and, is not having and, it. And here's the thing. And I obviously have some English and Irish background to me. I know. So do I. I know plenty about it. And I also know that. They came in big force, big numbers here for Tyson Fury. Half of England was practically in the place the last 48 hours. They own it. And with this fight starting at about 9 o'clock Pacific time, that was a strong 12 to 15 hours of drinking that most of these Englishmen were doing before they walked into that arena. And they are going to be painful to be around. I bet for him to win in a knockout anyway and in the 10th, 11th, 12th. And this thing never made it to that. No. And most people, my guess is very few people – one money tonight. Now, there's a lot of people said they picked him, but did they go to the window and bet on him? Right. That's they all the thing. talk big after the fight yeah. that I had him, but did you bet on him? So what I right. did was I bet four different ways, and I lost four different ways. Yeah, the, the two props that I bet in Jersey before we came here at FanDuel was I didn't win either of those because I had the over 10 and a half rounds. That was obviously a loser. And then I had the fight to end by a knockout. And it technically, you know, it ended as a TKO or whatever. So I didn't get either of those tickets I lost. But I did have a little bit on Fury here in Vegas. I had all kinds of NBA, college rack, and NHL bets today. But I lost half of my money on the fight. All right, so let me analyze number two. Now that we've talked about all of our betting, let, right. let's analyze dinner. We went to the Kraft Steakhouse, yes. and we had a party of at least 15 people. Big party. The table was not built for 15. No. It was built for 12. Probably eight. Maybe eight. <laughs> so they squeezed us all in. That's okay. And then what happened? A, Dale Hopkins, powerful, the head of in-demand pay-per-view. She threw the party with her husband, Chris. Love those people. I'm very good friends with them. Big fans of hers. She is a rock star. She runs television. She runs cable. She runs pay-per-view. She runs boxing. And you could see when we were in the hottest restaurant in the MGM always as that place is packed, that she literally stood out like a diamond in that place. But there were celebrities galore. Everybody Triple walked. H, Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon. McMahon. And then Dana White came over to our table. Yeah. Eric Shanks came over to our table. The head of Fox Sports. Yep. Coward came John over to the Coward. table yeah. and said hi to her. Everybody uh, walked by and knew her. Everyone knew her. And then I said hi to Dana. I hadn't seen him in years. And he said hi, babe. He, he was very cordial. He was very cool and cordial yes. to me. Everything went great. It was fantastic. Now, 
How about a couple things? A, her kid was there. August, great kid. And all of his friends. And a couple of his friends. One of them works at Fox Sports. The other one is his partner. And they run a weed farm. Yeah. In California. I wasn't fully entrenched in that conversation. You wanted no part of it. It was to the left of me over there. But from what I was hearing bits and pieces of... And he's showing you videos, and it sounded like they have a buttoning CBD empire that they're uh, they have that going. They're, they have going. They so. have a lot of issues with it, but that that's a business where you're going to find some issues from time to they time. They have like five thousand acres of chronic. They're growing. Where is Did this? you see the size I of the, the the buds? Yeah. Honestly, this guy was growing buds that were literally as big as a lawnmower. I mean, they were the size of a push lawnmower, the buds. They were five or six feet tall. They were unbelievable. I was looking at these videos, and I'm going, what is going on here? And they show these big John Deere machines, these combines. You see them tearing through the buds and cutting all the bud trees down. It was amazing. The other guy was their lawyer, and they were partying hard. And the lawyer was allergic to shrimp and lobster. And then they brought shrimp to the table, lots of it, like 15 bowls of shrimp cocktails and shrimp sauce and he was getting hives just looking at it he was like don't even mention the word shrimp to me i'm gonna have my throat close up and i was like what's happening here then they started busting off the red wine and the cocktails and it was all happening it was all flowing what'd you have did you have a little skirt steak tonight carver high with the skirt steak yeah how was it very good very Very good good skirt did you have any mashed potatoes i did not you like those little mini bun buns those were good i had one yeah i had 11 yeah you ate a lot of them but i had a new york strip it's unbelievable there crap and yeah obviously everybody loves it because like you said all the names that are walking around that place it's where everybody was eating before the, the rich and famous. The rich and famous. We're all eating in there. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let me ask you another question. Very important. What happened tonight with the old goalie? There was a goalie that David, came out of nowhere. David Ayers? David Ayers. Wasn't he a kicker in the NFL? Uh, yeah, Didn't he kick? David Akers. <laughs> so anyway, Akers what happened was they had the goalies for the, the Canes in, and the game was in Toronto? Yes. So that both of their goalies got hurt? Both goalies When got did the hurt. second goalie get hurt? Early in the second period. So he went down and got whiplashed in the head? Yes. 
And what was wrong with the first goalie? Something happened to him. Obviously, pre-skate, he got a little maybe a little onion tear, a little something, you know, pulled something, a little pull in the wasn't healthy enough to play. But in the region, he had like a little shutdown. He had a little something going. All of a sudden. They brought in some 42-year-old guy that drives the Zamboni. You're not even kidding me. I'm not kidding you. He was a Zamboni driver. I believe it. Not even there. He does the Zamboni at the Marley games you down can't. the block. The Marleys are great. <laughs> what a great name for so a minor league So obviously it takes what a happens? few minutes. You got you to gotta gear the guy up. They sent him back they into gotta, the room. They got to they type him out of jersey. Then they, they showed they, him walking out with his new uni on. They had brought him in. They well, showed him coming out. It's it was funny like a whole he's deal. got the Hurricane jersey on. He's got a Marley's helmet and he's got Toronto Maple Leaf pads on so the guy goes out there now but what happened what happened was and this is just <laughs> tell you know, him what happened if you thought things were going bad in Toronto last week you got to see some of the tweets tonight from these oh, people what happened in what happened with David aka Akers he won Ayers. he won the game Stop the press. He won the game. Won the <laughs> Can game. you even make this stuff so, up? So how about this? And we've talked about this a lot recently. Before that went over the Penguins the other night, the Leafs really been struggling. They're having a tough time. Right. The fans are mad at the general manager and at the captain and everything. I mean, you're at home, okay? You're at home. You're playing a team with your Zamboni driver in net for them. And you and lose. you lose the game. Not only did you lose, you got doubled up. They gave up six goals. You lose the game with so your Zamboni the, driver. what did the post-game Twitter world do to uh, him? Obviously, that's a story where no matter who you root for, the Maple Leaf fans gave him a standing ovation. Like, I think he was the first star. The visiting player never comes out. Right. And he came out, and the, the crowd gave him. <laughs> the old goalie? He's a Toronto guy. Right, I mean, he's a, he's Toronto, a guy. Toronto guy who gets so thrown in the his game. life. Night of his life. He's out right now getting hammered. Oh, yeah, just incredible. <laughs> they will never, ever top this night in his life. Brindamore his daughter will get married, and it will not top this night. No way. But, I mean, just the Maple Leaf fans just on fire tonight. Not mad at him. They're mad at their team again and their players and everything about them. So tough night for the Leafs. I just wanted to say there was a lot of tough nights, even though they were tough days. How about my Penguins bending over and losing to the Sabres in Pittsburgh? I woke up because that was a 10 a.m. start in Vegas. Right. It was a 1 o'clock game on the East right. Coast. I woke up to bet the three 1 o'clock slash 10 a.m. hockey games. Right. Capitals, Devils, Penguins, Sabres, and the Flyer Jet game. I get out of the shower. I put the bets in on the phone. I get out of the shower 10 minutes later. It's already 3 nothing Sabres. It's not even the 10-minute mark of the first period. I couldn't and believe it. And it was game over. In Pittsburgh, getting whacked like that. Did Just, you see that the Vegas Golden Knights did another 5-3 job on yeah. someone? Pacioretty had a breakaway goal, yep. and they won again. Did you see that? They got it done in Vegas again. Were they sold out again even though yeah, tonight no. there was a fight? No packed, problem. Packed every night. Packed. It doesn't even matter. What a All weekend right. in Vegas, man. I mean, you had the fight. You had the Golden Knights Saturday. The race. You had NASCAR Sunday. What a big weekend for Vegas. So the Devils beat the Capitals in Jersey. Severson with the winner. Ovi oh. got 700. Ovi 700. Nice job by him. Flyers double up the Jets for two. The Canadians blank the Senators. The Rangers over the Sharks. I hit those games. I hit the Predators over the Jackets in a shootout. How about the Coyotes beating the crap out of the Lightning? All of a sudden, the Lightning are dragging on the road. Yeah, you know, they had 111 in a row. They lose in Vegas, of course, the other night. Now they lose in Arizona. Let me tell you, Arizona lately... 
They've got a bunch of Eastern Conference teams come through, and they've won all these. They beat the Caps at home, the Islanders at home, and now Tampa at home in like the last week and a half, two weeks. So, Did, did you like the Canucks game I gave you today I bet oh, on? I thought the nine spot that they hung on the Bruins. They put a nine spot uh, up. I mean, and geez. then the Avalanche in a shootout beat the Kings 2-1. to That team continues to impress, to be honest with you. I did want to mention a couple other things. The Heat blew out the Cavs. This is all Saturday night. Kings upset the Clippers in Lipstick City. Yeah, I'm well aware of it because with five <laughs> minutes left in the game, I was watching it in the sports book. Right. And it was tied with five minutes left. And what and happened? So I decided, hmm, seems like a good in-game spot to jump on the Clippers here for the final oh, five minutes. Oh, you got minutes. burned? Got burned. I don't think they scored again. The Kings. Did you get burned on that West Virginia game oh, you yeah. jumped on? Today? I had a real bad Did morning. Did they lose that game? They lost the game to TCU. I got whacked in the morning, and then the comeback started because the Dallas Renegades with the big oh, XFL win, oh, and then the Kentucky Wildcats oh, with the win over Florida. Cover. It all started coming together. Cover. Me, so. The Nets won in Charlotte, 115-86. How about the Hawks again? They burned me. They beat the Mavs Playing in well. Atlanta. They are winning now every night, 111-107. Suns won in Chicago. I hit that game. Bucks blow out the Sixers. Boy, are they pathetic on the road. Did they blow them out? One nineteen ninety eight. Is that wow. enough for you? Jeez. And the Rockets won in Salt Lake Shakers by 10 over the Jazz. Now, it was upset Saturday in college rack. I mean, in terms of some of the heavyweights, right? How about San Diego State losing to UNLV in San Diego? Can you even believe that? That's their first loss. What did you think when you saw that loss? Stunning Saturday in college basketball between San Diego State losing their first game to UNLV, who absolutely stinks. They beat them by three. And then Gonzaga losing to BYU. They got blown out, 91-78. I can't even believe they beat them. I mean, okay, in Provo, I could see it. But 91-78? Yeah, uh, like I was saying before, the West Virginia losing to TCU, that was a bad loss. Baylor lost. Villanova absolutely whacked Xavier. That also, so that Villanova's been playing really well lately. And that was a really good game, by the way. That Baylor-Kansas game, that was worth the price of admission. Baylor had a clean look for a three to tie the game in the last second shot and just hit the rim and missed. But those two teams, you're going to see a lot of them in March. There were so many games. And, I mean, on a Saturday, it's always crazy, right? But some of them – how about the Cowboys of Wyoming? They won at Air Force. No one cares, but they suck, and they won on the road in Colorado Springs. Colorado State beat San Jose State. I'm just looking at some of these games. Akron by 10 over Miami of Ohio. Oklahoma lost at Oklahoma State. They got absolutely destroyed, 83-66. Cues by 7 over Georgia Tech. I gave you UCLA over Colorado. How about that? The Bruins win in Boulder by seven. A and M playing well. A and M eighty-seven seventy-five over Mississippi State. Missouri State stinks. They beat Loyola of Chicago by twelve. And then how about Tulsa at home? Blew out SMU easily, seventy-nine fifty-seven. Texas won at Kansas State. Michigan won at Purdue. Toledo won at Western Michigan. Memphis by one over Houston. I hit that game at the FedEx, 60-59. to The TCU overtime win was by seven over West Virginia. Dayton by 10 over Duquesne. It was a great day. Arkansas by 10 over Missouri. Furman beat Wofford by one. I hit both sides of that. Tulane came back to beat UCF in Central Florida. Providence at home over Marquette. 
Auburn handled Tennessee 73-66. Valpo blew out Bradley. Georgia won by a bucket at Vandy in Smashville. Clemson won in Chestnut Hill over BC. Virginia by three at Pitt a winner. Oregon won in overtime over Arizona in Tucson. So they lost in Tempe and they won in Tucson. Go figure. The Nova win was 64-55. Louisville blew out North Carolina. The Kentucky win was six. Florida State by six over NC State. And Duke did cover... They won 88-64, so they whacked and covered. Isn't that right? Weren't they laying 16? I believe so. I yeah, they covered. So Duke got it done at Cameron Indoor and blew them out. So how about that day? What a day. We saw the fight, the Gypsy King. We saw a lot of celebrities. We had a great dinner. We lost some bets. We won some bets. Some crazy stuff happened in hockey. An old guy won in goal. He's the Zamboni driver. Upsets galore in college rack. NBA craziness happens. The Hawks keep winning. The Sixers keep sucking on the road. And now all that's left is another big day tomorrow. You're going to pick anyone to win the NASCAR race? No. No. Are you excited to go home? Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. You've had enough. Yeah, I mean, you get to the, you know. Yeah, and you don't want to go to London or Manchester to see the third fight. I love it there, so I would go to Manchester. So if they flew us over to the U.K., you're all in. A little jump across the pond. Go check out a Huddersfield game. Go see Huddersfield. Maybe go catch maybe a Man U game. 35-minute train ride from Manchester. We get Sports Grid on the road. They got glowing reviews for our first trip. International. Sports Grid International. But they're very excited that we went on the road and had big success with the TV shows. In Las Vegas, they're very excited. We had great guests like Hitman Hearns, Teddy Atlas, the gentleman Jerry Cooney. It just goes on and on and on. Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant. He's got the great hands. And he's got nice bling, too. Rising star. All right, so your remaining hours before you fly out, you're going to have a nice breakfast in the morning with my girl that works 50 weeks a year. She's very busy. And then we're going to fly home. You're going to JFK. I'm going to Newark. I will see you on the grid. That's it. All right, there he is, Carver High, getting involved on the Pharrell on the Bench podcast. Shake out. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So I'm chilling the most watching the Celtics and Lakers on Sunday afternoon, and it does not matter what Boston does. It does not matter how big their lead was. 
It doesn't matter how good they're playing. It doesn't matter that Tatum's having an outrageous game, lighting it up. He had like 37 or something when I saw him sit down. But it's the Lakers. They just won't go away, and they are just always back in it. I mean, they are down but never out, and they get just back into the game no matter how much trouble they find themselves in. The next thing you know, they're down one or they're tied. and It's just like inevitable that they're going to get it done. So eight and a half left in this game, and they're down one after a Howard bucket. So I've been watching this. It's been a great game. I took the Lakers to win on the money line. I took Boston in the seven and a half, and I did it late in Vegas on Saturday night as I was going to the Fury wilder fight and i made it home today on a sunday and i thought i'd enjoy this game with you a little bit late so with eight left it's 96 95 i gotta tell you carver high and i went to the airport at like four in the morning and then the next thing you know i get on my plane and i'm sitting with my friend dale hopkins from in demand pay-per-view and this other chick that i know and i know some other people on the flight la da whatever And next thing I know, this flight is taking off. I'm in the first row of first class. And then I'm on the aisle. And then on the other aisle is like this gigantic fat chick. I'm just going to get right down to it. She was enormous. And she started coughing. And I was very concerned within a short order. I mean to tell you, this chick was coughing like a whooping cough. She was coughing nonstop. I was sitting in the plane. We hadn't even taken off yet, and this chick started coughing. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sitting next to a chick that has the Hanta. She's got the Hanta virus. She's going to cough the entire flight, and she can't stop coughing. She began to sneeze. She had a virus. She had something. At one point, (laughs) I said to the guy next to me, That she had syphilis. (laughs) I just thought she had some kind of funk going and it wasn't good. And she was trying her best to cover her mouth. But it just was not happening because she coughed so much. She couldn't keep up with the responsibility of covering her mouth. So all she did was cough and sneeze and we hadn't even taken off yet. Next thing I know, we take off. Everything's under control with the plane, but this chick just continues to cough and sneeze. She has literally got me in arms. I don't know what to do. Drastic measures had to be taken. I was like, I'm going to get gonorrhea. I'm going to get pneumonia. I need her to see a doctor immediately. And she was doing nothing about it. She just kept coughing and sneezing and not covering her mouth. And she was blasting her action all over the first class. And I mean to tell you, so she's in the front row, right? So when she coughs and sneezes, you know how they have the wall there that separates the stewardess section from the first row of the first class. So I got like a wall in front of me. So I'm short legged. I got short sheeted. And the first row sucks. I mean, that's just all there is to it. So then to top it off, I got some chick coughing and sneezing nonstop, sitting next to me across the aisle. I don't care if she's five feet away across the aisle, three feet, whatever the hell it is. All I know is that her coughing and sneezing was, in my view, bouncing off the wall and then spraying all over the first class section, including to her left, which was directly at me. This was unacceptable. I'm not having it. So the story gets better. 
I proceed to remember that 34C had always said to me several years earlier, you need to have this mask in your bag, like a doctor's mask, like the masks that all the Asian people have been wearing on all the flights and everybody in China has been fleeing the country with the corona virus and they're all wearing masks everywhere they go. If you go to a airport anywhere in the world now, everyone's wearing masks because the world is ending and there's disease rampant. There's a pandemic. I've talked about it before on Pharrell and a Bench Pod and everyone knows it. So here I am sitting in first class and I have a chick blasting her viruses all over me. I was very angry. So I proceeded to get up while I was cussing, talking about her giving me pneumonia And I proceeded to go into my bag and I got out the mask that 34C had gotten me years earlier. She said, you need to have this mask with you when you travel. If you have this mask, you will be able to block any viruses and disease and illness from escaping into your face and into your mouth and into your nose. When you get the virus, you will be doomed. Then you will bring the virus home and get everyone sick, including 34C and the kids and her mother. So sure enough, I dig through my bag and I find the mask and I pull the mask out and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm finally going to use the sick mask. So I proceed to put the sick mask on my ears and I notice that one of the ears rope that covers your ear is broken. It is not connected to the mask. This is a problem. But because this chick was trying to kill me with her virus and her fligum, I proceeded to wrap the wire cord around my ear anyway. So I put the mask on. 34C, you have to hear this story. So I put the mask on my face, and I wrap the wire around my ear of the broken mask. And then I take my hoodie. I was wearing a pirate hoodie. And I put it against my ear and against the corner of the chair in first class. So the wire kept coming loose from my ear and the mask was dangling from my face. So I proceeded to hold the mask in place on my face for four hours and 10 minutes because I had a fat chick breathing her pneumonia phlegm, cough, sneeze, death, chlamydia virus. As she was blasting and sneezing and coughing on me, I covered my face with a broken mask. And I wore it for four and a half hours nonstop with one side of the rope missing. I refused to take off the mask. I covered my head with my hoodie. I had my face in my hands. I had my hands on my knees. I had my face buried in my hands on my knees. I watched the Penguin Capital game and did anything in my power to avoid this chick. I wished ill will on her. I wish she would have died in the plane and they put her in the laboratory in the back of the plane or under the plane. When she got to the plane, they should have checked her for the flu virus or the Hanta. And if she would have had it, she would not have been allowed on the plane. They would have put her in the baggage cargo of the plane. I think all people that have viruses and illnesses and flu and cold and cough and sneezing should not be allowed to get on a plane ever anywhere in the country. Instead, I had to wear the mask that 34C had given me years earlier and made fun of me and said, if you don't have one of these masks, you're going to regret it one day. Sure enough, she was right. And I used the mask to save my life. What a dire situation I was in. And when I got off the plane, I kept making fun of the chick. I went to the men's header in the Newark airport and I was blasting her in there. And all the men that were in there taking a leak were laughing because they knew Pharrell was cracking jokes about a fat chick sneezing her hanta on me. The moral of the story is always have a mask with you when you travel 
because everyone sneezes and coughs without caring about anyone else around them. People blow their sneezing and coughing everywhere. They don't care if you get it. They don't believe that you'll get it because all they care about is their own selfishness. All they care about is that they don't feel well and they don't care if you get their illness. Well, I'm not having it. I'm now going to go to the drugstore and buy as many masks as I can get my hands on because I'm constantly on airplanes. And 34C was right. I needed the mask at all times because the mask can protect me from death and illness and carnage and disease and pneumonia and 105 temperature and death and having to be hooked up to machines and hospitals. I believe this chick should have been in a hospital contained and quarantined. I do not believe she should have been allowed on the plane. She ruined my trip home from Vegas. I hate her. I hated her the whole day. I hate her now. I hate her forever. So, of course, the Lakers took the lead from the Celtics, and they were up one with five minutes to go, and Rondo at the line. All I need is the Celtics to cover the seven and a hook, and I'm very worried about it because once the Lakers get the lead and then they expand on the lead and then they cover the seven and a half, I'm going to hurl. And once I start hurling, I believe that I'll blame the chick that gave me her hantavirus. Everyone that was in first class, I believe, will get the Hanta, including the lead lady from pay-per-view, my friend Dale. She's going to get it, too, and so is her friend. Her friend was sitting on the seat behind the chick that was blowing all of her sneezing and snotting and coughing on everyone. I believe everyone in the section is going to get sick. Now I need the Celtics to cover a bet for me. It's very important. I lost the bet on... Wilder, I need to recoup my losses by hitting lots of NBA and college rack and NHL bets. I did hit the Capitals on Sunday in their win over the Penguins. I did watch the game. Crosby had a phenomenal goal. He's a rock star. He had a diving goal. He looked like Bobby Orr flying through the air, and he somehow got the puck in the net. As always, a great game between the Capitals and Penguins. Arch rivals. Capitals got it done 5-3 in the end, and I hit that bet. The Sabres beat the Jets and shuffled off to Buffalo. The Stars were 2-1 winners over the Blackhawks on Sunday. And as I was watching the end of the celtic Lager game, the Islanders and Sharks were tied at ones at the barn. Islanders obviously playing at home. At the Nassau Veteran Memorial County Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. Sunday in college, Rack Creighton blew out Butler, 81-59. I thought that was going to be a great game, but Creighton rolls. Indiana State by a bucket on the road at Evansville. I don't think they covered, though. St. Peter's a winner at home. I hit that bet. Colgate by 30. I hit that bet. Monmouth over Quinnipiac. I hit that bet. Niagara did not beat Marist. Failure there. Siena, a winner over Fairfield. I hit that bet both ways. Canisius beat Manhattan. I didn't think that was going to happen. UConn over South Florida. They won by seven. They were laying seven and a half. Seton Hall blew out St. John's 81-65. Wisconsin covered. They uh, laid four and a half at home at the Kohl Center against Rutgers. Good game. Cincinnati, Wichita State. I hit both sides of that. Cincinnati won by three. Wichita State was getting four, four and a half. East Carolina, I cannot believe they beat Temple. And frankly, I'm surprised Indiana beat Penn State by eight. When you least expect it, Indiana wins games. They won it in Bloomington. Fair enough. I thought Penn State would go on the road and beat them. Boise was kicking New Mexico's ass. And Ohio State was holding on late over Maryland. 
And that was in Columbus, so it looked like they were going to hold on and beat the Terps. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Lakers are up 104-103. I just wanted to say one thing about the Lakers that I've noticed in his older age. And nobody ever wants to say anything bad about LeBron James because the world will end. And, you know, you'll have bad luck and you'll get a bocce jinx and you'll lose your job and everything else. And people will turn on you. Your neighbors won't talk to you anymore because LeBron is the king and everything. I get all of that. But here's the deal. Has he become a whiny bee in his old age? My God, this guy complains after every single whistle. Tell me I'm wrong. He literally complains after every single whistle. He is always crying to the refs. He has gotten to be so painful in his late stages of his career. It's literally every single call he complains about. Even calls that go their way, he argues for until he gets his way. It really is unbelievable. He was having a huge game, but every time they blew a whistle, he was crying. And just arguing with the refs and trying to get his way. He tries to manipulate the refs with his juice because he's got so much power in the NBA and he's such a rock star. He's no different than uh, Michael Jordan in his career. He got every single call. And that's just all there is to it. He gets so many calls and gets to the line so many times. It's not even funny. But I'm sitting here at 318 left and LeBron's getting more calls. They literally blow the whistle for this guy when the wind blows. So before this game ends, I want to mention one other thing that I noticed from spring training. Did you see the story about the Astros playing the Nationals in a Grapefruit League game? And the team, I guess the Nationals, it's unbelievable to me, but they were not allowing fans to hold up signs abusing the Astros for cheating. Did you see this? I mean, it was absolutely unbelievable. I'm sitting there reading this story, and it blew my mind that they were going around the stadium, literally yanking fans' signs from their hands and taking them away from them. And all they were doing, basically, it was signs of asterisks and things like that. None of it was vulgar. It was all just fairly tame stuff. But they wouldn't allow the fans to abuse the Astros with signs. you got to be kidding me. How funny is it that it's signs anyway? They were stealing the signs from fans. Meanwhile, the Astros are the ones stealing signs from other teams and cheating their way to a World Series win, and I believe cheating their way through baseball for three years in a row. It was their first spring training game since the scandal, Rock Baseball, and the fans brought their signs to the ballpark during Houston, and the ballpark personnel confiscated them before the opener against the World Series champion Nationals. It's unbelievable. The Nationals got all kinds of cheers, and then the Astros were booed like crazy. Houston did not use any players implicated in the investigation. Two guys in Nationals gear sitting behind the Astros dugout held up, crudely drawn signs just before the first pitch. One read, you see my hate in large block letters. Another said, Houston's asterisk with a asterisk and an S to read Houston's asterisk. That is not crude. That is nothing. That is lame. That is pathetic. 
These guys didn't get to show off their signs for long. The woman who worked for the ballpark approached to take the signs. The men didn't argue with the woman, but they did look confused as she walked away with their signs folded up in her arms. How pathetic is that? That is absolutely a joke. One of the fans said he had held the signs, said he didn't know the signs were forbidden. He drove all the way from West Palm to see the game. He said, I'm a big Nats fan, and it's wrong. They're cheaters. Fans booed loudly every time the PA announcer said Astros. Fans behind Astros dugout heckled Altuve, Correa, and McCullers Jr. as they stood on the dugout before the steps. A few fans banged on their metal seats, attempting to mimic the banging of the trash can the Astros used to steal signs. One fan in a Nats jersey yelled, Hey, Altuve, are you scared to play tonight? Others screamed, You suck! Cheaters! And everything else. A lot of fans wore shirts that read, bang foul poles, not trash cans. Dusty Baker said the reception wasn't too bad and that the team better get used to it. You're going to get the same reception most places you go, especially the first go-around. So you got to put on your big boy pants and just try to shut it out and play baseball and realize this too shall pass. No, it won't. It's going to happen all year. And that I can guarantee. So they wouldn't let the fans do anything, basically, other than yell stuff at the game. And then in honor of that, the game was rained out. So good for them. They deserve it. Screw them. Fans should be allowed to have signs as long as they're not dirty, as long as there's not cussing on them, as long as they're not offensive to children and women. If they're just funny signs and abusive signs with humor, they should be allowed. And if Rob Manfred won't allow it, he is the wussy that I've said he is all along because he is a wussy and he's a terrible commissioner and he's lost the respect of everyone. Me, the players, the media, fans, everyone hates Rob Manfred now and it's awesome to hate him. And I'm going to hate him more than everyone else forever. By the way, the guy that was the original whistleblower, Mike Fires, he was greeted with cheers before his first spring start. And here's another one. Dustin Pedroia put on the 60-day DL. Can you imagine this guy? Does he really still think he's going to play baseball again? Bro, your career is over. You've been injured for like three years in a row now. You can't even get on the field. You can't even get on the field at spring training. Your body has failed you. Give up already. My God, take a clue, bro. Pedroia still trying to play baseball, and his body left him years ago. I mean, my God, no one in the organization uh, can tell him that he's finished? Well, then I will. The Colorado Buffs hired Carl Durrell from the Dolphins as their next head coach. What a disaster in Boulder. My boy Big Ben has been throwing. He's throwing footballs after his elbow surgery. This is a fantastic sign. The Packers re-signed Crosby, their kicker, a new three-year deal. He can kick the football through the uprights. They love him in Green Bay. He deserves a new deal. Kickers are important. And believe me you, tons of them miss extra points and field goals, and you lose games unless you have a good kicker. So when you have a good kicker, you have to keep them. Thus, you have to pay them and give them a deal. LeBron, after an inbounds pass, hit a huge step back, Jay. He had a guy in his face. He still drained it from 18. And uh, Lakers took a one-point lead. Oh, and then, of course, the refs call a technical foul on Stevens after Tatum was mauled on a loose ball going toward the sideline. And, of course, the Lakers got the call and the technical. They gave the Lakers the ball, and then they teched up Stevens. And that will be that. 
Did I not tell you that they get every single call and that LeBron is a B and that that is just absolute nonsense? They threw the ball to Tatum over on the sideline. He got mauled by Caldwell Pope. No call. Then they said that Tatum was out of bounds. They gave the ball to the Lakers, and then the guy that even made the call wasn't the one that teched him up. Stevens argued with the guy that made the bad call, and another ref teched him up. The Lakers get everything. They get every national television game. They get every call. I mean, what don't they get? Oh, by the way, they got Markeith Morris, too. He cleared waivers and is signing a a deal with the Lakers. Somehow they can sign whoever they want all year long, and after trade deadlines and everything else, they still get whatever they want. I'm getting sick and tired of the Lakers. I really am. I can't wait to see the Clippers beat them in the playoffs. How do you ruin a great game at the end of this close one-point game by calling a technical on Brad Stevens? It is inexplicable. It is absolutely a game wrecker. It's atrocious, and the NBA is a joke. You cannot call a tech for him questioning that crappy call on a sideline, and instead you give the Lakers the win. That's what that was. He just handed them the win. They gave him the ball. They gave him the tech. Two free throws. I mean, my God. They gift wrapped this game for the Lakers. The NBA refs, per usual, suck. Listen, I'll give you the LeBron step back, Jay. That was sickening with Brown all over him. But I'm not going to give you that call on Tatum. That was, I thought Pope fouled him when the ball was thrown toward the sideline. Pope mauled him. No call. Then he says Tatum was out of bounds when he finally got the ball. And then you question the call. The ref that he questioned was not the guy that tacked him up. Tatum didn't get tacked up. That ref didn't tag him up. They just were going the other way. Stevens yelled something at the ref that made the bad call. He still didn't tag him up, but a ref trailing the play from 25 feet away tagged him up, and you are pathetic. That ruined this game. I mean, it is just unbelievable to me. It's atrocious. So the Celtics got a call. They made two free throws, and they were down one with like eight seconds left, the inbound, and they're in a timeout. So they got to figure out a way, obviously, to get the ball back. They're going to have to foul him, and they're going to have to miss a free throw, and they're going to have to hit like a three-bomb with no time left. So obviously, LeBron's able to throw the ball into AD because he's seven foot, whatever, and Smart tried to stop the play, but they fouled him. So he goes to the line. They're up one. He was eight of 10 from the line. He already had 31 in the game. He was shooting 85% career high for the season from the stripe. He goes to the line as much as LeBron does. I mean, these guys spend more time at the line than they do at home with their families. So the second free throw would put him up three, and there's no timeouts left for the Celtics. They're going to have to bring the ball down in six seconds and hit a three to tie the game. But he missed the second one. So no timeouts. Tatum, he called an unbelievable, he called an offensive foul. He called an offensive foul on Tatum for somehow hitting Pope in the face or in the chin or like some kind of movie drama, more bad calls. I mean, this is unbelievable. The calls in the end of this game are so bad, I'm going to vomit. I don't know what's worse, the lady sneezing and coughing on me for five hours on an airplane or watching the Lakers get every single call. Forget at the end of the game, they got every call the whole game. Everything I watched in the second half, they got every call. So Pope came down and they're saying that Tatum, who inadvertently elbowed Pope, but Pope put on an Oscar performance and did the 
flop city and got the call, and then that's that. Game over. Like, you got to be kidding me. Either way, it's three ball miss, so it doesn't matter. And they put like a eight-tenths of a second on the clock, and the Lakers were up two. All they had to do was inbounds the ball, and they win the game by two. But I'll tell you this much. I had the Lakers to win, and I had the Celtics plus seven and a half, and I call that a cover. I know you love listening to Pharrell on a Bench podcast. Shake out who. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.